go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some subs. That's right, folks. It's at the movies with Lo and Mo. Do that work on these intros. Before we go any further, I just want to say if you do us a solid like the content if you could if you could like this video and subscribe um hey a share is free you know it helps helps get word around um we love doing these shows and so i just i hope that people have been enjoying them i believe they have and we're excited to keep doing them yeah so, me too today we are discussing martin scorsese film color of money blue Some title green sometimes brown i guess silver yeah maybe not a dumb title because the more i think about it the more there is there's at least four colors of american money and then there's a lot Um, of other currencies that are multicolored but that's not what we're here to talk about why don't we get that i don't know because we don't really get a lot of things that other countries get so i mean maybe like the monopoly money that that you get when you go into canada i want i just really like canada You know what we're not talking about? Maybe, a movie filmed we'll... in Canada today. This is that's a good segue. This is true. Um so I guess a couple things I didn't know going into this. I don't know so I'm I'm gonna assume, Jimmy, that you A did not watch the trailer because we talked about this last time, and B I'm going to assume that this was your first experience with the film. Yep, and I'm gonna assume the same for you. Correct. The only thing that I kind of remember is like growing up i think like my dad or like somebody in my family made like references to tom cruise doing like the samurai stuff yeah with the with the pool stick um so that's like as much as i know um what i didn't know is that this is technically a sequel oh yes a film a film in the 60s called the hustler that also starred paul newman as the same character mm-hmm. um, fast eddie and i don't know i don't know how much i can't imagine that not seeing that film affect your viewing of this like, well I they didn't really write it as a sequel so i think it's fine right. it's more it's of like just a, the same character revisited it's more of just playing to a specific audience that like hey you watch this hey welcome to another movie with fast eddie from hustler oh and an up-and-coming actor tom cruise and you put all these big names on yeah. top of a billboard and you look at this movie when you go and rent it or buy it, those names are the only thing you see. You see those names over the color of money, which leads me to my point. I'm going to say it now. This movie was a money grab and an attention grab. Yeah. It has money in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, it's not a bad theory. I think that, I think you and I have some similar ripes and also some, probably some things that we like about this movie. Um, yeah. So here's what I'll say. Let's get this out first. What I liked about it, I liked uh, a lot of the camera stuff, a lot of the shots, a lot of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Scorsese does get some great shots in there. Um, get some really interesting like overlap shots with things like fading in and out of focus. And yeah, um, there's there's one shot. Sorry, I got a cat here. Uh, there's one shot in particular where Paul Newman is getting his eyes checked. It's just this really like striking visual of him centered in the screen with the sheen like on his face um 
Yeah, well, the part I before like that. that though was interesting. When he was at that pool, he dives into the pool and then jumps out of the pool, and the transition puts him right into that doctor's chair with the eye machine, which was neat. Yeah, I mean, technically, this movie was well done. There's a lot of good parts about this movie. I mean, I don't want to like just completely decimate oh, it at sure. the beginning because I actually enjoyed it. But it's a common theme with that we're seeing with Scorsese is like even in the films that we maybe don't love. It is impossible to deny that they are they've all been well directed mm-hmm. um i would say my biggest gripe with this movie is that i don't particularly find any of the characters likable um i thought that i liked paul newman's character and then like as the movie goes on you do kind of you're like oh like he is kind of a piece of shit. You start to feel bad for him though, up until a certain point. And then as it goes on with the character, you know, when he's like his uh, development uh, with Vincent and kind of, you start to get this, um, arc, this, uh, redemption arc. Uh, I feel worse. I think, I think I feel worse for Carmine than anyone else in this film, because I feel like she does not get, so like I, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when, Paul Newman and Carmine are talking one-on-one in the car at the beginning about yeah. Vincent because mm-hmm. it gives you a lot of insight into their relationship and like how she views Vincent and his character. So Vincent is like, Vincent is like a child. He's very childlike. And this is, un- this is underlined by the fact that he works at a toy store called child world, which is interesting pick for this movie. Toys. Yeah. As soon as that comes up center, like, <laughs> We're like moving. We don't really know much about Vincent besides these earlier scenes. We see him as like a hothead, kind of like aloof character. Uh, Paul Newman describes him as a flake in like a bad sense of the word. Like he's just not there. He just doesn't have his pri- you know, his priorities straight. He's more worried about a video game. And then you're like, man, uh, this kid is just act or this, not this kid, but this guy's acting like a kid. And then the next scene, boom, it just says child world. And he's a salesman for Child World selling things. And I was like, wow, it's a little little like on the nose, but I don't Mm -hmm. hate it. It's just kind of, it was just kind of jarring. I think, uh, he, yeah, he's very egotistical. Um, clearly like his, you know, the tension between him and, um, Eddie throughout the film, at least in the beginning comes from the fact that Vincent is like unable to let his ego go enough to, he's trying to learn how to dump a game he's trying to learn how to play himself down so that he can get more and more money off of these people but he can't resist showing off and and doing this big theatrical thing vincent is very insecure is what i've gathered from uh, this character he puts on this uh, performance as a confident guy but deeply in himself he's very insecure we see this with his interactions with carmen as far as they're like dating scene and stuff where it's just constantly like he's always worried about where she is when they first enter i think it was the second dive bar they were in that pool hall there was a bunch of men staring at her and he like basically pushed her out out of the door and they're like you have to go home now and when he starts learning to dump these pool games he can't get over anybody that's like shit talking him or anybody that thinks they're better he has to win in his mind because he has something to prove yeah i think I'm have I'm still kind of dissecting it because simultaneously feel bad for each of the characters on some level. Yeah. But I also just don't like them very much. And I think what I I think this is another instance of Scorsese doing something intentional that succeeds Mm -hmm. and maybe it just doesn't like 
work for me personally. Yeah, I don't think we were supposed to like them, to be honest with you. Right. Car- when you look at it, Carmine, at least what I got from her conversation with Eddie, thinks she uses Vincent. Like, I think the reason she's with him is because he's the best. That's kind of, that. She, it's almost like a social status thing. It's like, that's why she uses, I think mm-hmm. that relationship is, is using. And then here comes Eddie and taking advantage of both of them. Yeah. So in a way, Tom, you know, Tom Cruise's character, Vincent, is, he somehow manages to be the least likable character, but also the one you should feel sorry for the most because he's just getting used and right and he does realize at the end of the film he he goes off about used me you know we see Uh, him really get used in that opening scene when we first really see like when they first get to that pool hall and he's playing that first game and fast that he's like you have to dump it you have to lose or no vincent wanted to lose because he felt bad for the guy that he he was playing with he had some disability so he felt bad taking his money I'm in fast that he's like, you have to take his money. This is like the first thing. And Vincent's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to let him have it. They both leave Carmen and fast Eddie leave fast Eddie goes upstairs to watch everything happen. So to prove a point to Vincent fast Eddie leaves at the exact time that the money is to be paid and the whole bar just attacks Vincent. And he's, and he's just like watching him through like the cracks getting beat up. And that's when you get like the first taste of like, okay, we understand Eddie's motives. Great to have. I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Um, because to me, this felt the, the plot felt formulaic in the sense that it's like, um, this is almost like a buddy movie or a road trip movie in a way. It's kind of this thing where it's like, there's tension the tension bubbles over and then it's resolved. And then they immediately go from like, there's like a montage in the middle of the movie where it's yeah. like, suddenly everything is fixed. And suddenly it's like, Oh, like they're a team now there. It's, and I think it's, it's like kind of, I want to say it's lazy filmmaking. And I also don't want to say it's a rip off of anything because this film is yeah. older than probably a lot of the movies that I'm thinking of. I do think it's a thing that people use that I get kind of like tired of is like, you feels like by the numbers almost so you know it's very predictable yeah i think i so i guess my take on that is is i agree with you so instead of being like one main conflict or like one huge goal there's a bunch of mini conflicts that are separated between really technical pool shots um and then if it's not a shot of like these pool balls hitting at different angles and ah the sound it immediately transitions to uh, what most saying here is a montage moment which relies heavily on like sound and music like uh, the music choice for this film and some of these scenes, like uh, when Warren Zevon's like where wolves of London was playing and Eddie's like tension in the car, then it would transition over and the same song was playing in the bar where, you know, Vincent's like doing the samurai stuff with the sword or, you know, with his pool stick and he's just going and beating somebody that he absolutely shouldn't uh, that Eddie said, don't even play him. Technically interesting like i like that i don't not like that i think it just maybe does some disservice to the plot at times um my other big question and maybe you can answer this for me because this is an actual like thing i don't understand that that i'm just wondering if i like wasn't didn't click with me or if if question is eddie is an expert bull shark like he is an expert at hustling and he seems to know 
he's dealing with Amos. There's a scene where after he splits up, or it's, it's actually he's still on the road with with Carmine and uh, Vincent. But there's a scene where he goes out to play some pool. Forrest Whitaker, whose character's name is Amos, mm-hmm. and he finds out that Amos is to me. He he knows that Amos is a hustler. Asks him three times. He's an expert at hustling, so he has to know. Then he lets himself get hustled so many times that at the end of the scene, is like a broken man. And my question is like, he clearly, to me, I think his character clearly knew that he was being hustled. So why did he continue to? I think was it I, a sense of pride. What was it? So I know? so I think I can answer it. So a couple. So earlier in the scene, when we start to learn about Eddie, he talks about when we first find out that he's an ex pool. The way that I take it, he was like an ex pool pro, like on the tournament circuit. So he was definitely a shark and like making money, but he was more um invested in like the actual like tournament style of pool. He talks that he was like that he got his. So I assume that he got hustled like to a point where it was like really bad for him. So I think that's when we first learned one of his negative traits is that he takes his, he takes his hustling or sharking way too far to a point where it like affects him in a bad way. So we go through this and I think to know his uh, redemption arc, like at that point he has to be at his lowest. He has to be at his absolute bottom before he can go on to get back into pool. Cause this was the first time that we see Eddie play pool. And I think through this whole thing, Eddie was trying to keep Vincent from being like him and getting into those situations. So it, I don't know if either it was for the redemption arc or that was still a ploy to show Vincent what could happen if you go too far with somebody and you're not paying attention because he keeps saying this, he he keeps saying this was your final lesson. So yes, he was broken, but I think it was also a lesson to Vincent too. Like, hey, this is what happens when you think that you're cocky, when you think you're on top of the world. Somebody is right around the corner to knock you down. And I, yeah, and I, I think like uh, I definitely like the idea that Eddie's character is closer to Vincent's character than he'd like to imagine. Mm-hmm. Like that somewhere deep down, or that even when he was starting out, that he was had a lot of the same traits that maybe Vincent had. Um, I'll tell you right now, the thing that worked the most for this movie for me, the thing that I liked the best about it that I didn't see coming. So spoilers, uh, you should watch the movie before you watch these, unless you don't care. Uh, I loved, did not see coming um, the fact that, so they, they get matched up. Eddie and Vincent get matched up at the end of the film. They're in Atlantic city. And, he wins and as he's celebrating with his girlfriend in their hotel room vincent stops by carmine and drops off an envelope with eight thousand dollars and eddie's like what is this and he goes that's your cut he's like what are you talking about he's like i dumped the game that's your cut that's your cut of the money i i, I threw the game which i thought was such a i mean and i don't know maybe other people did see it coming but like i thought it was such a good because do you feel conflicted about all these characters? You feel mm-hmm. conflicted about Eddie, but there's this, you know, there's all these scenes of Eddie, like getting his game back. Yeah. All these scenes of him building his confidence back up. And he even tells Carmine before he plays Vincent, he says, I'm going to beat him. And she says, well, maybe. And like, see that, to that, that, oh, I guess there was some Eddie foreshadowing there for sure that like, Oh, maybe you will. Right. 
that that realization that Eddie has when he finds out that may not have beaten Vincent fair and square and that and that Vincent had thrown the game is like is I think a a fantastic ending for a character. I guess it's not the end either because there is kind of a there's kind of an epilogue to all of it, but to see that character to to have that character suddenly just throw everything like wow, like I thought that I was back on top and now I might not be. Well, it's kind of good because then at that point when, uh, so I didn't really see it coming myself, but when I saw him lose, I was like, oh, well maybe this movie is going to end up being like a really like touching, like fast Eddie finally gets his, like we see him conquer everything, conquer all odds. He gets his glasses. He can finally see he's winning pool. I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is how it is. Maybe it's just a full-on uh, redemption story, and that's what we're going to get delivered at the end. But then as soon as Vincent's like, here you go, and he did exactly what Fast Eddie was trying to do this whole entire time, was to get the odds stacked against him so he would bet on him and win the whole entire tournament. But when Vincent beats Grady Seasons and like absolutely smokes him, the top, uh, the you know, the top earner that skews the odds so much, and then Vincent just goes, "Hey, you know what? Let's make some money here. I'm gonna throw to Eddie," and it's everything that they wanted, but it wasn't satisfying to either hey, of them. It's it's everything Eddie. Yeah, exactly. It's everything Eddie spent the film teaching him, uh, but it he didn't foresee it coming, and, mm. and it totally throws his his confidence out of skew. I mean, this movie is more about friendship than it is money. It's about the importance of friendship, not money. Color of friendship. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe the real friends are the money that we made along the way. Hey, that's what I'm hoping with this, baby. <laughs> I uh, do like this movie. I think I like it. like this movie more than I don't. Or at least I would say that I like, like, I respect this movie. I admire it. It's well made. It was enjoyable to watch. I wasn't like, even though the characters were frustrating at times, which I think Scorsese does on purpose. I agree. This wasn't, this wasn't a raging bull thing where I was like, pissed with the characters or anything like that. I was just kind of like, I was like, all right, like, um, I enjoyed the film. I just, my, my things, my, my main things i would say is that i don't think the character arcs they do start somewhere and they do end somewhere but i think a lot of that middle portion is kind of glossed over yeah um and i also think that it's weird there's there's characters like for instance julian is uh fast eddie's like protege before he finds vincent mm-hmm. um and he gets all pissed off when he finds out eddie's taking vincent on the road and then he shows up later again in, in atlantic city um he's never you almost kind of think that he's going to come up as like a bigger plot point like he is going to be the antagonist when yeah he, City yeah it just doesn't he, happen nothing <laughs> really comes of it it's, he, he's just kind of there uh just fine it's just kind of a weird movie that doesn't have any antagonists and it, you're also not sure who to root for i think it switches so though at times i think no. so I don't think this movie needed to be as long as it was. That's my personal take. I don't think it needed to be two hours, but it's also 2021 now, and 1986 was a, was a different time for cinema. So the longer movies actually... But I don't think... I think the story and what they were trying to accomplish could have been done a lot sooner, but they kind of like... There was a lot of fluff in it with these shots, a lot of fluff with like these montages that I think they could have cut out and still accomplished a really well-done movie. But kind of like you say, these characters stressed me out 
And I kind of got like a little anxiety with these characters and the way that they were interacting in this world and with each other. But I didn't hate the movie. I didn't love the movie. There were certain parts of the movie. If I break it down into like different segments, there's parts that I loved more than anything that I've watched. And there's parts that were like below, but overall pretty decent. No. So we know what Martin Scorsese thinks of Marvel films. Do mm-hmm. you think he, uh, <laughs> how do you think he feels about TikTok? Scorsese? I don't, I would be interested to think if Scorsese even knew what TikTok was. Like Scorsese, you would be, just be like, tick, tick, talk, tick. Because here's my, here's my thought process is he doesn't like MCU films because they're these corporate made. He doesn't like any franchise films though. Let's keep video that in mind. Game, right. Kind of. Thing. Not just Marvel, any franchise yeah. film like that. He does. He's like, this isn't. So no, TikTok is technically, it's like you have certain time limit to create something you're kind of under pressure to create something and it's kind of the ultimate independent filmmakers tool in a weird way i know that it's not so you're saying that like scorsese absolutely loves tiktok like this is like half a bit but i'm also like like this 85 year old man is just blown away by tiktok and he's just like oh this is this is phenomenal (laughs) this is absolutely incredible look at Look at this. He's like yelling at his wife. He's like, look, they put a whole movie together in a minute. It took me two hours to put pool and swimming montages together. They did it in a minute. This girl just baked a thing of sourdough bread in 45 seconds. This is incredible. Did you know that you can make brownies hey. in the microwave? I did not. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. I, I think I think Martin Scorsese, if I had to put, if I had to bet money on it, like in this film, I would bet that Martin Scorsese just... He fucking loves TikTok. He does. I get enough of it. I can't wait for that tweet. We got to put out a tweet. It says Martin Scorsese loves TikTok. Confirmed. Lomo Media confirmed exclusive. Wow. Big news. Uh, so I have my answer. My answer is pretty clear. I'd be I'd be surprised if yours was different than mine. Um, where would you rank this among your Scorsese films? Oh, where where would I rank it? And you said it's going to be the same as yours. And I'm on a little bit of pressure here. I I have a strong feeling that it's going to be the same place as, as mine. All right. Well, it's not my number one and it's not my least favorite, but it is my second least favorite. Jimmy low is also my second least favorite. Yeah. That being said, I think we both agree that this is not a bad movie. And no, and, like I, re- I said, I recommend I to watch it. I, would, I don't know that I would recommend this to everyone, but I would definitely like not going to waste your time watching it. I don't think no. you're going to get to the end of it and be like, that was a you know piece of shit or I wish I wouldn't have spent that time. But we do have some people that are following along with us and watching these movies and they're very hardcore film enthusiasts. So I think if you are a fan of film and a fan of cinema, then I strongly recommend this movie because it is well done technically. And everybody that's interested in film or filmmaking should watch this movie. If um, you're just looking for a movie, like a wreck for me to fill up like a Friday night or a Saturday night or like a weekday film, and you're not really invested in movies, I'm not going to recommend this to you. It's too, it's too long. The plot structured comes and goes at times. So no, like half of the people, yes, half of the people, no. 
you're going to recommend something more like John Favreau's Chef, like you recommended to me the other night. Oh, I strongly recommend. Is this a new segment in these where we recommend a movie that we've been watching? My movie wreck of the week is Good. Chef. My movie wreck of the week is Chef, and I strongly recommend anybody. That movie blew my mind, man. I loved it from start to finish. The story was great. The characters were great. The acting was great. The shots were great. It was just a well-done movie. Strongly recommend. Even put it on my Twitter. Nope. I got a no Twitter wreck for me. It sounds like comfort food. It sounds it was. like a comfort food film. I intended uh, to watch this movie, so I watched Chef to go to sleep, and I just put it on. I was like, okay, this will help, help me go. To, it was like 1 a.m. on last Sunday after we filmed stuff. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to fall asleep to it. I got so invested in that movie. I didn't go to bed till 5 a.m. I was thinking about it for so long after it was done. So amazing. Yeah, and it messed my sleep schedule up the whole entire week, but it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. It's amazing. I will I will also do I do kind of like this because it'll give people a peek into our taste beyond the directors we're watching. Mm-hmm. Um the movie that I would wreck this past week that I watched was Prometheus, uh, which is the Ridley Scott film from 2012. It is a very polarizing movie for a lot of people. That got a lot of hate. Yeah, technically a prequel to the Alien franchise, but also like not Alien film specifically. Yeah. I liked it. I'm just I watched say, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like you're gonna be lost if you don't know some of you don't have at least some background with the Alien films. But just from a sense of wonder and from a sense of watching a science fiction film that like I I read this Roger Ebert review that like struck a chord with me. And he said that it reminded him of all of these like golden era of sci-fi films from the fifties that weren't afraid to ask questions that they, they didn't always necessarily answer. Okay. I think it has this sense of like wonder to it and the sense of like, you know, what's beyond earth and what's beyond humanity. And, um, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I know some people, some people hate it. I would recommend giving it a rewatch. It works for some people. It doesn't work for others, but I, I had a hell of a time watching it. Hell yeah, man. I like this. This is a, this is a new segment and also keeps you watching the whole way through. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you can't take that watch back. You can't take that view back. Mm-hmm. It's our view now. One more in the bucket, baby. One more. Oh, thanks it's for the view. Now. Our view. In all seriousness, we do thank you for your view. Oh yeah. Uh, thank you for watching at the movies with low and Mo. We love doing this show. Uh, I, this is like, no, uh, by far just like the most fun that I have recording every week and we're going to keep doing it, uh, beyond once we get done with these two directors. So, yep. um, you know, hope that people continue to join us. Like I said, if you could do us a favor, if you like the video, if you could like it, share it with people that you think would enjoy it. Um, a subs- a subscribe always helps. Subscribe and a share. That's all we ask. Very free. And it helps us out. So Aaron's, so I brought up some analytics for everybody and we're going to do this really quickly here. But if you share our video for free, it doesn't cost, it doesn't cost you anything. It expands our reach from anywhere from 500 to a thousand people. That's amazing. Just, uh, just one share that helps us out tremendously more than you even know, more than a dollar donation. So, uh, if you could do that, that would be, that would just be amazing. We are doing this because, uh, not only do we want to be the best filmmakers we can be, but we also just love film and appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm just so excited to continue to expand our horizons and, and watch these movies. 
Um, next week we are going to be watching David Cronenberg's The Fly. Um, so this is all I'll say is you know, Dead Zone we talked about was kind of a opportunity to make something that was a little more big budget, a little more along the lines of a studio film that is not maybe so gross. It's kind of fitting with and the this. Fly. It's kind of fitting with this Scorsese movie as well because I felt like it was Scorsese's almost big budget film as well sorry for interrupting yeah, buddy, I, but no 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 i would agree um fly for all my cronenberg fans out there is like another big budget studio film that is super gross so we are back in body horror land um it should be a lot oh, of yeah. fun it is a funnier movie than people think mel brooks produced it which a lot of people don't know oh um, i didn't know that Jeff either old bloom plays the lead yeah uh gina um Oh, geez. Hold on. Uh, Beetlejuice. Gina Davis. Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum are the leads in it. Um, just a really, just a well-rounded, a uh, just a great film. It'll be a lot of fun. So join us next week for that. Um, in the meantime, make sure that you are keeping an eye out for Lowe's gaming streams, mm-hmm. um, as well as my Monday movie mook segments on the website. You can read the blog. Um, More to come. Got all kinds of stuff coming out. More to come. So grab your popcorn. Thanks for joining us. For another at the movies, baby. Bye bye.